0: with what has happened. um, And uh, make sure because the enemy's job is always, um, Sister Roberts, you said it, it's to twist the word of God. And so he always wants to twist God's goodness and make it something that it's not. Um, And so um, I've heard some things and some people have talked to me and just questions and things like that. And Uh, I'm I'm sure probably most of us here would say, man, these last three days have been amazing. just awesome. Um, But even in that, um, the enemy wants to take that and and pull something bad out of it. Um, He was able to do that in the Garden of Eden. So his ability to twist and create a problem, even in the midst of paradise, um, cannot be um, misunderstood or, or understated. We, we need to be aware, church. Amen? Um, admit my mouth, that was rude. Sorry, I didn't want to crunch it in the microphone. But, um, and so with that, um, we need to be sure that I am, uh, that one of the things that was said was you got to be careful how you hear. You got to be careful how you hear. Take heed how you hear, because I could hear the wrong way. Um, I could I could get things and and things would get twisted up the wrong way, um, even though what God is saying is beautiful. And so uh, I believe this, that uh, one of the things that God has made abundantly clear to us is that he loves us. He loves us. Um, I pray we're no longer wavering between whether he loves me or not. Um, he talked about we need to grow up. We need to mature. We need to reach a level of maturity where we're not questioning whether or not God loves you. That needs to be settled. He loves you. Okay? Don't even let that, don't even let the enemy play that in your mind. Well, I don't know if God, stop it. He loves you. He loves us. Um, the Bible says that he, he proved his love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He doesn't have to do anything else to prove his love. He loves us. So that needs to be a foundation for us. We need to build off of the love of God. And, and so he speaks to us. Actually, let's just go to a scripture here. Um, 2nd Chronicles. Second Chronicles. Um, I don't know about uh, anybody else, but uh, Second Chronicles 36 is where we're going to go. Um, it, it was pretty awesome in, in everything that was done and and said, um, at least as far as I was concerned, there was nothing new. Right? There was nothing New, Amen. It was really God reminding us of what he's already said. <laughs> and so I'm thankful for that because that lets us know um, we're not way off in some left field. We're not crazy. We, we're not we're not deceived. We are hearing the word of God. We are, um, I-, I believe, endeavoring to seek God and hear what he's saying and hear the voice of God. And so to send um, a a man of God, a a woman of God, to speak to us, I would be kind of scared if I heard something, heard a lot of things that I had never heard before. I'd be like, oh, something's going on. But to hear the things that I've heard and to be reminded, that's encouraging. That's encouraging for us. Um, And so... um, Let's go to, so I said, where are we at? Jeremiah, I mean, sorry, 2 Chronicles 36, and um, let's see. Let's look at verse number uh, 11. Ah, so we'll start at verse 11. It says, Zedekiah was 21 years old when he began to reign, reigned 11 years in Jerusalem, did what was evil in the sight of his Lord his God, And he humbled not himself before Jeremiah the prophet, speaking from the mouth of the Lord. He also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God, but he stiffened his neck and hardened his heart from turning unto the Lord God of Israel. Moreover, all the chief priests and the people transgressed very much after all the abomination of the heathen, polluted the house of the Lord, which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers rising up betimes and sending. Why? Because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. You see that, that God sends messengers because he has compassion on his people. Because he loves us. He sends word. He sends correction. He sends uh, insight. He sends reminders. Um, he raises up uh, men and women of God even in our midst and amongst us, brothers and sisters, to remind me of the word of God, to speak the word of God, to challenge me with the word of God. That's because he's compassionate. It's not his judgment. It's his compassion. It's his love. It's his mercy. Praise God. And so I'm thankful that God is speaking. Um, If anything, it seems like he's speaking even more to us. (laughs) He's speaking a lot. Um, that's his compassion. That's, that's, his, that's his mercy. Um, but it says here that, verse 16, they mocked the messengers of God and despised his words and misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people till there was no remedy. So understand this, that when you speak the word of God, when God speaks his word to us, whoever God uses, is an instrument of God's compassion. But the same thing for you. God wants to use you as an instrument of his compassion. That's why we have to speak. That's why we have to tell it. Because when we don't, we're the opposite. We are an instrument of God's wrath. When you don't speak the word of God, when God tells you to speak it, you are releasing God's wrath onto a place and not his compassion. I've said this before. The judgment of God is when he stops speaking. That's it. Once God is done speaking, you're under his judgment. As long as he's speaking to you, that's his mercy because his word has power. With his word comes the grace. It comes the opportunity to repent. Once he stops speaking, there is a point in there he actually told, Uh, uh, who who was it? Was it Ezekiel? I'm not sure. It was one of the prophets, but he told them, he says, basically, stop praying for these people because judgment is here. Stop it. We're done. It's over. And so once God stops speaking, that's his judgment. Uh, I've used this example before in the scriptures. I believe it's the greatest one, but King Herod, he killed John the Baptist, cut off his head through pressure, whatever it might be. And when Jesus was in front of him, Jesus said nothing. Jesus said nothing because Herod was under judgment. Herod rejected the voice of the prophet. Herod rejected the voice of correction. And so Jesus shows up and he wants a show. He wants a performance. And Jesus said nothing to him. He had almighty God standing there right in front of him, had all power, all of miracles, could do anything, could reveal everything, could change Herod in a moment, but he said nothing to him because he was under judgment. And so when God is speaking, that's his love. That's his mercy. That's his creative power um, to change us. This is why we've got to gather together and hear the word of God. This is why we need it. Because when I separate myself from hearing God's word, I'm bringing judgment on myself. I'm bringing, When you stay away from the people of God, you're bringing judgment on yourself. You're staying away from God's compassion. You're staying away from his mercy. So he says, well, God loves me. Yeah, he loves you, and he sent you his people. Yeah. <laughs> he sent you the people of God. Church, we've got to see who we are. We've got to see the value of who you are and the value of your brothers and sisters that are sitting on those, I was going to say pews, but those comfortable pews chairs next to you. My goodness. One of the things that just gripped me so much about um, what happened here and just, you know, hearing what God was saying was how much God cares. Like, did you hear the stuff God cares about? And did you see all the different people? I mean, and so there wasn't enough time for everybody, but God cares. He sees what's going on behind closed doors. He sees what you've been through, through childhood. He understands the reasons. He understands how you work with people. He understands all of that. And none of it, everything that he spoke in, none of it was condemnation. Even though he exposed and says, hey, this is, this is not good, but it was, come on, you're better than this. Yeah, all that bad stuff happened. Yeah, you're doing all that bad stuff, but I know who you really are. And so the God of heaven, in spite of all of our junk, is saying, but I still want you. Woo. In spite of all of our... Stuff and circumstances and all that, the almighty God of the scriptures, the judge of all the earth is saying, I want you. Oh, my goodness. I love it because there are people here I had never met a day in my life. I did not know who they were, but God knew them. It didn't matter who knew them, but God knew them and was like, I see you. And I care about you. That's why I, I want us to be friendly to one another and shake hands and love each other. But if nobody sees you, God sees you. You do not have a reason to stop serving him because he sees you and he loves you. We might overlook you, but God does not overlook you. My goodness. And so, I just, wow. I was, was I am blown away by God. God's goodness. God's goodness. And um, praise God. I want to, let's, a scripture. How about it? Philippians chapter 1. Philippians 1 6. Y'all know me, I don't just read a verse, but we're going to do it here. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We need to have some confidence, not in ourselves but in God. The scriptures are all about us believing God. He spoke to us last week about faith. Like, the scriptures are not about confidence in ourselves. If anything, it is to prove to you, you can't do it. (laughs) You are a failure. We need to high five one another. You are a failure. You can't do it without God. This book is not about you. This is about God. This is about his worthiness, his power, his greatness. And then he simply says, I'm giving it to you, if you believe me. I'm going to give it to you. And so if he's begun a good work in you, you need to have confidence. He's going to finish it. Somebody says, well, what if he doesn't? The only reason he wouldn't is if you don't believe he will. If you don't have confidence in him, if you don't believe, you won't see it. But if you believe it, you'll see it. So deception, yes, I, I, I am concerned about deception, but only to the point in my life that I continue to believe that God will keep me from deception. I don't wake up worried, am I deceived today? No, I wake up with confidence that God won't allow me to be deceived because his word said it. But if you stop believing it, if you get off on what the devil is doing and your confidence is that the devil is more powerful than God's keeping, well, then that's what you're going to get. If you believe your sin is greater than the power of God to cleanse you, guess what you're going to have in your life? Sin. But if you believe that God is able, the God that created the universe, that started me on this journey, who says, I'm calling you to holiness. I'm believing that he has the power to do what he said he's going to do. And then he's going to do it. Praise God. So if anything, I pray that there is a faith that rises in us. This great God is so compassionate, so Involved in the details. (sighs) My goodness, the details. I'm not a person about details. I'm not a detailed person. At least for, for certain things. But God is very detailed in our lives. You know, he's God. We think of how big he is and how awesome he is. And yes, he is. But like I said, I'm just going back to it, but I'm like, man, the stuff he was talking about, I'm like, really, God? <laughs> like, it seems to me that you would have bigger things to think about and be focused on than that, but no, no. He's a very present help. It says, we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Like, so he knows. He understands. We talk about feelings and emotions that we can't let them lead us, which is true. You cannot let them lead you. But even that, he understands your emotions. You don't have to hide them from God. You can bring them to him, and he understands you. He'll, he'll work within your emotions. He'll work within your capacity. And, and, and where you're at, he'll, he'll, he'll mold. He, he molds everything for you like it's just wow, the God confidence we need to have. I pray nobody walked out of here or felt like a heaviness or condemnation, like, oh, my goodness, I got to do all this. I pray that there was just a faith that said, wow, that's amazing what God is going to do. Yes. Amen. <laughs> Everything God spoke, and he'll do this, and you'll do that. Praise God. You need to say, well, God, I believe that's exactly what you're going to do through me because you spoke it. Hmm. So Philippians chapter 2, and uh, I think it was quoted quite a few times. Um, Where is it at? My my, my eyes are, um, oh, yes, verse 12. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Right. So he talks about obedience. He talks about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But you got to keep reading. If you all have learned anything, hopefully, please don't just take verses completely out of context. Because verse 13 starts with four. Right. Means that it's a continuation of the last verse. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, right? So he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because it's God that's working in you. It's not you. It's God working in you to will, so to desire to do it, and to do it. So if, You have any desire to do the will of God. That's not from you. That's from God. So you should have confidence that the same God that put the desire in you has the same ability to do what he put the desire in me to do. He did it apart from my thing. I didn't do it. He he put it in us. And so we have to have that same faith that, God, you're going to do this in me. That's why nobody has an excuse, because it's not you. It's not your willpower. It's not your ability. It's not your figuring it out. It's it's whether or not you believe God. And to the level you believe God, that's what you'll see. That's what you'll have. And so everything he's trying to do is build our faith, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God the word of God. So the more I hear the word of God, the more I hear his voice, the more, I res- the more my faith grows, which then produces the righteousness, which produces the manifestation of what his word is telling me to do. Do we understand? This is why we need the word of God. Not because we need just an instruction book of things of, hey, this is what you need to do. Read that and try and accomplish it. No, read that and believe that's God. He is his word. This is who he is. And if he's in me, this is what he's going to produce in me. That's my confidence. This is what he's doing in me. And so if I say anything less, I'm calling God a liar. I'm denying the only Lord Jesus that saved us, that bought me. I'm, tell- I'm saying he can't do it. I don't want to be on that side of the of the of the game. So I'm just, how about we just believe God, right? How about we just believe him? I heard a statement. I love it. There's a, a preacher and he says this. He says, let's just see how far grace could take us. Let's just stop limiting God by our own ability, what we've seen ourselves do in the past, what our past experiences were, and let's just see how far grace could take us. Let's see how far he could move me through faith through me just believing him. Mm. Let's just see that. Praise God. Praise God. Um Okay, moving quickly. Uh how about we go to 1 Peter? Uh 1 Peter Chapter four. So, um, what'd you all think about the administration of the gift? Was it awesome that we saw these last? Like the administration of it was wow. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. It's okay for us to give glory and give honor to the Lord for what He's done, and give honor where honor is due. Um, and so, you know, I thank God for Brother Hurt being a vessel willing to yield to God, willing to allow the gift to flow through him. Praise God and the administration of that gift was so awesome I it was it was it was powerful it was great in just how it flowed and and all of that and so I thank God for that um but that was up front that was with a microphone that was in front of all of us that was in front of the online people right it was it was up front but can I tell you that each and every one of you have gifts that God wants you to administer with the same grace. He wants your, the, administ- the administration of your gift to be just re- received and, and, and brought forth with such grace and love. Because he's put something in you. Please don't believe that the only place you can administer the gift of God is holding a microphone. This is so small. And as much as that was, as much as that, praise God, three days and all that stuff, <laughs> the real work is once the lights shut off here. <laughs> right? Because each and every one of us had to go home. We had to, we're dealing with stuff. And so um, I thank God for that. But that's just a part. That's just a part. And so, church, you have a part to play in the fullness of what God is doing. God is not just a one-way type of doing things. He he does stuff in a fullness, in a full way, in, in multifaceted ways. And so there are giftings in you that may not come out or look the way it looked for Brother Hurt. Please don't fall for the trap of trying to judge yourself amongst yourselves. And comparing yourself to him or to her. That is not what God did all that stuff for. That's what the devil wants to do. He wants you to take any type of gift and then it causes a condemnation or a fear in you or a less than. God wants to use it to build up your faith in him. That God, this is amazing. You can do anything. You can do anything, anything. And so you are a part of that. You're a part of that. The world, the world needs it. The church needs it. It needs you to manifest God's gift in you the way he's given it to you to manifest. Because I don't know if you know this, but not everybody in our region was here the last three days. So then what do we do? I believe that those that were here were who were supposed to be here in the plan of God. Right? And received it or or watched it or participate in it. Praise God. But that means that God wanted to do something in you so that you'll then go and do what you're called to do for others. Not for you to try and mimic somebody else but for you to be who he's called you to be. Amen. I thank God that Brother Hurt, he's not mimicking somebody else. I know others that have worked in his life and done great things in his life. And if anything, it was to edify him to become who God has called him to be. And he's walking in that. Praise God. And I want to encourage him to continue to walk in that, continue to grow. He's got growth. He's got places. He's got to grow and become more like Christ praise God. And so we want to edify and encourage in that. But so do each and every one of us. Amen. Amen. Um, Where are we at? First Peter four. Um, Let's start at verse 17. No, 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 no. Sorry. Whoa. we're not going to do that. Verse one. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind. For he that suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that you don't run with them anymore. Uh, Speaking evil of you, who will give an account to him that's ready to judge the quick and the dead? For this cause, the gospel is preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to the men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. Wait a second. He's telling me the end is at hand. So what do we need to do above all things? We need to have fervent charity. That word is love. We need to have fervent love among ourselves. Because the end is at hand. Because it is the last days, because it's the end times, we need to have fervent love one for another. Because love covers a multitude of sins. And he said, it was was quoted that faith works by love. Mm. Cast out fear. So faith works by love. So as I love you, I'm stirring up your faith. Which then produces righteousness because righteousness is by faith. And so, as I love you, that's why it says it covers a multitude of sins. It stirs up faith in you that you become righteous. This is why we need to love each other. So, we see there's a great deception and a great pull to try and pull people away from God. It's not for us to be fearful. It's for us to love each other more. The more I see that there's stuff coming against you, I need to love you more. Because I want to stir you up to love, stir you up to faith, stir you to good works. We need to have a fervent love. That's not passive. That is aggressive. That is intentional love for one another. That means I've got to make up in my mind, God, give me a love for them. God, give me a love for them. I appreciate them. I cherish what you're doing in their life. I'm so thankful, God, that you have started a good work in them. And I'm confident you are faithful to finish it. God, I thank you for the gift you've put in their life. I thank you, God, for the way that you are ministering the gift. I pray, God, that your grace would empower them, that you would fill them with your love. Pray for one another. I truly believe that that's actually how we actually begin to love people. Because the Bible says to pray for those that spitefully use you. It talks about loving our enemies. But a lot of times you're not going to start off. Somebody punches you in the face. Your first reaction is not love. Like that's not what you feel. Love. No. Uh-uh. Right? Probably it's pain, anger, frustration. But then the word tells me to pray for them. So, ugh, all right, Lord, forgive them. <laughs> we'll start there. Maybe we, Actually, maybe we don't even start there. Maybe it's just like, God, why'd they do that? Lord, help me not to be angry. Lord, help me to let it go. Help me to grow beyond it. Lord, help them to change. Help them to be pleasing to you, right? You start praying for them you're going to see you're actually praying the will of God for their life. You're loving them because that's what love is. Love is saying, I want the best for you. I want the best for you. And so that's how we love people. You start praying for somebody, that's how the love is going to grow for one another. But if we're not praying for each other, and all I do is I see you once a week, twice a week, I just have a snapshot, and hopefully everything you present is perfect, chances are it won't be, <laughs> you know. But if not, if I don't have a layer of prayer over you and a concern, then I'm probably not going to love you. I'm, I'm, there's, there's some stuff that's going to get on my flesh or whatever, or I'll be able to see your problems and your, what's wrong with you and what you don't do. And, especially if you're trying to step out in faith. If you're trying to walk in faith and operate in faith, I'm, it's going to be a lot easier to even nitpick and pull things down. But if I'm praying for you and, and I'm, I'm actually your biggest supporter, I'm not looking for things to go wrong. I'm believing that God is working in you. I'm believing that God is working in you. Church, we got to have fervent love one for another. You got people that you actually pull for. All of us, we got people that were like, man, I, I hope they do well, right? So any parents in here got kids that you're like, you want the best for them, right? They could have, you know, robbed 10 banks and shot 15 people and the police bring them to your house and like, yeah, your son did this. And you're like, but he's such a loving kid. Because you see th- you're you're determined to see him in a way of love. And that's, can I tell you where we got that from? We have a God. We have a father that sees us through eyes of love in spite of what we do. Amen. Anybody here know that God does not deal with you according to your sins, but he loves us. He sees who he's called us to be. He sees who he's making us to be. And he sees who we'll be if we'll just believe him. That's how we need to have for one another. Love one for another. I'm not loving you based on where you're at right now. I'm loving you based on the love of God. That's perfect. And he's called you into this thing. And so I have confidence that since he's called you and he's begun to work in you, he's going to finish it. He's going to finish it. Praise God. That's awesome. I don't even know what that's going to look like. But I know it's going to be good. And we're on this journey together. And so if God wants to use me to just help stir that up, and God's going to use you to help stir me up, and we're in this thing together to become everything he's called us to be. Praise God. Praise God. It was said quite a few times that the goal of everything, right, is for our perfection. For our completion to come to the full stature of Christ. Amen. And so there's a goal in us that I'm being formed into Jesus Christ. You are being formed into Jesus Christ. Um, I don't have it all. You don't have it all. But together, as the body, we are it all. So we need each part. There's no part of Jesus I don't need. So you're important. Stop discounting who you are. Please don't rob the body of the gift that God has placed in you. Don't do that. Don't rob the body of the manifestation of God that he wants to show through you. You're robbing God of that. You're robbing the people of God of that, and you're robbing the world of that. Stop being so selfish. Stop thinking about yourself and your failures and what I did, and I'm no good. Stop. Cut it out. If he saved you because you were good, none of us would be here. He saved you because he wants glory through your life. Surrender to it. Allow him to work. Amen? Woof. God loves us. God loves us. Come on, church. We got to grow up. We got to grow up. We got to mature and some stuff. So uh, I told somebody this. Why don't we stand? I told somebody this. I said, it felt like my um, like dad, when I we was talking to Pastor Vaughn, he mentioned it, and we were laughing about it, like, like your dad was like, you're 16, whatever, and they pull out the keys to the car, and they give you the keys to the car, and you're like, are you serious? Like, really, really, dad? Like, He's like, son, you're growing up. I see, I see the maturity and, and I feel like you're ready to, to start driving. Wow. Awesome. Bella, right? Mature enough. Start driving, doing a good job. (laughs) You're the latest one I know of that, that lady beside you, it may be a while, but I'm kidding. But, uh, but right. So there's, and I, I just felt that just in the spirit, like, God was like, I'm, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you some stuff, some weighty stuff, some valuable stuff, and you could do a lot of damage with this, but I'm trusting that you're going to use it for my glory. I'm trusting that you're going to humble yourselves. You're not going to bite each other with this stuff. You're not going to beat each other up with this stuff, but you're going to use it to edify one another. I'm trusting that this car that I'm giving you, these keys that I'm giving you, you're not going to use it to do bad things and hate on people. You're going to use it to build people up. I'm trusting that. And I, I just feel like this, this trust from dad. And I call him dad. I do. I call him dad now. But this trust from dad that is just like, all right, come on. I'm giving you some more because I'm, I'm believing that you're going to use it for my glory. And you're not going to abuse it. You're not going to abuse my people. You're not going to abuse your brothers and your sisters and that love that y'all been talking about for so long. You're actually going to really walk in it. You're actually going to walk in it. So, amen, church. So, um, I love it. He said the word, I honor honor you. I honor each and every one of you. I want to honor the gift that you are. To the body of Christ, the gift you are to me, the gift you are to this world and um and so its is it's so exciting what a privilege what a privilege, what a privilege praise God, praise God, amen, Could we bow our heads, close our eyes praise God hmm.